You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. In-depth conversations. Matchup breakdown. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. Welcome back in fourth down in the Steel City alongside Josh Taylor. I'm Chris Mack. We are breaking down week one and ugly, ugly loss to the San Francisco 49ers. 30 to 7. Everybody was jacked up. It felt like Josh. I saw this. I, I did the, the pregame show for the fan down at Rivers Casino, and it felt like a lot of people were excited. There was an energy about this thing because it was the first time they had opened at home in what eight or nine years. And I mean, what are we seven minutes into the game? And that's right out the window because the offense just was hideous um the the, i'm not i can't put it all in one direction but i can tell you that is not the way any of us expected kenny pickett to perform um after the way he performed in the second half last year after the way he performed in the preseason this year 31 of 46 for 232 yards and a, a touchdown and two picks uh, f- sacked five times as well, and you could probably argue he ran into one or two of those. He got his ha- his feet got a little happy there late in the ball game. Blame that on the O line if you want, or blame it on him. Here nor there, this offense forty one yards on the ground on just ten carries. Um, they got unbalanced really quick because they got down really quick, and because they were showing zero ability to convert what Mike Tomlin referred to at least half a dozen times in his post game press conference as the weighty downs. I think they were 0 for their first five on third down. They simply couldn't stay yep. on the field. It, it was – and some of it, like I talked about it before, some of it wasn't really anybody's fault. Like DeAndre, Deontay Johnson falls during that first series. You're willing to kind of let that go. You're like, okay, he, he fell, no big deal. Um, I, I thought even on that first interception, the one that I think was Charverius Ward got his hands mm-hmm. on, receiver fell on that one. You're, you're willing to look past that. You're like, okay, that's something that you really can't control. Not really the quarterback's fault because he was assuming that a receiver would be on his feet by the time the ball got there. So you can't blame Kenny Pickett for the first interception. Right. However, when you get into the situation where – and it's not like they had a bunch of third and longs in the first half. They had third and manageable situations. Yeah. Now, of course, the slip and fall on the one third down, okay, you look past that. But when you start missing throws – and just not getting the ball to the receivers accurately on third manageable. They got in the red zone at one point. Kenny Pickett, very easy throw inside or a receiver coming inside. All you do is hit him in stride. He might even get into the end zone. You throw it behind him. It, these are things that you can't blame on receivers. These are things you can't blame on the offensive coordinator. These are things you cannot blame on the head coach because they are not the one standing in the pocket throwing the ball. That is your quarterback's job to make that throw. And if he does not make that throw, it's no one else's fault, it, whether it's on third down or any other down. But there were opportunities to convert third downs. And this offense, for whatever reason, 
pick person to blame and insert name here. It right. just was not working. I, I thought about Chris. I'm, I'm gonna throw this one at you. I'm gonna throw another old school reference in here. I right. know that, that old Cat Williams line: "A Chrysler 300 looks like a Chrysler. Uh, looks like a Phantom until a Phantom pulls up." <laughs> That's what this offense was because we came out of the preseason talking about all oh, this offense in the run game and right. you know five five possessions with five touchdowns and Kenny Pickett one one fifty eight point three rating and all this other stuff. We thought the Steelers' offense looked like a Phantom, mm-hmm. and then a Phantom pulled up. In San Francisco. And we it's, were like, oh, man, this is this is bull. This ain't even my offense right now. This ain't <laughs> even my car. That's what they look like. But it, it wasn't good Cat Williams voice, too. Uh, you know, I've been working on that. But it, and it wasn't even necessarily because as good as this defense was, as much as we talked about them and as well as they performed and as much as they hit people all day long, it wasn't like it was entirely all they're doing. The Steelers had some opportunities to control what they can control, and they just failed to do it. Mike well, Tomlin talked about making routine plays routinely all throughout the preseason. They weren't making routine plays routinely. It, it wasn't all scheme and it wasn't all something else. Guys just weren't executing. Well, and there's, there is, I think, so he was asked about it after the game by, I think it was Alan Saunders who asked them about mm-hmm. not having, it was referenced during the, the, the training camp and preseason, not having, this offense and this team in general don't have the luxury of warming up to things, right? They got to walk in ready to go. And he was right. asked, you know, was – was the way this game started a failure to 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 heed that? And all Mike Thomas said was, "Yeah, yeah." Um, he should did LA Knights out. Yeah, yeah. That's all he was missing. Yeah, because <laughs> that would that would have been a lot more emphatic and still true and accurate, and no one would have argued with him. That would be the adjective instead of the verb or something like that. Anyway, back <laughs> Kevin Nash because he's not a moron. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Uh, so, but here's here's what struck me about that first series in particular, right? And we saw, I think, the offense in the preseason succeed because this offensive line could be physical, right? Like you bring in yep. Sayamalo, um, Dan Moore Jr. has become more successful because he's been willing to take the game to whoever's in front of them and punch them in the mouth. Um, James Daniels is willing to do that. Mason Cole is willing to do that. This offensive line has finally started to look physical the way they need to to have some level of success in the run game and that first series it struck me I don't know if it struck you the same way they they get a exactly what we talked about on on Thursday and Friday quick hitter to Pickens get the offense moving right okay second and short second about that yeah second and four I felt really good too and then it's a little it's a little jet sweep pop pass little uh you know to Calvin Austin that gets bottled up in the back that's the kind of play, and it, th- I'm not throwing this all in Matt Canada's lap. I don't want to do that. Right. I don't want to throw the jet sweep out with the bathwater. I'm not saying that necessarily either. But it told me, oh, we're going to try to get cute early. We're going to try to get misdirectional early. We're going to try and get on the edges early with a guy, and I got nothing against Calvin Austin either. He let him in catches today, six for 37 yards. Yeah, but he, did what he could. Uh, that's that's a moment where once we get the quick hitter to pick and pick up six, second and four, just turn around and hand it off. Turn around and hand it off. Let your offensive lineman get into the game and punch somebody in the mouth. And if you only get three, fine. You got third and one. You got two plays to pick it up. Let's let's go do it. Um, that told me that maybe we were going to try to be a little too cute and that we weren't going to necessarily, I say we like I was down there, that they weren't going to necessarily look to punch anybody in the mouth early on. And I think, Maybe I'm making too much of one play here. Tell me if you think that's the case. But 
I read a lot into that Calvin Austin jet sweep that told me, oh, man, we're going to try and be cute instead of, instead of trying to out-physical them. Instead, we came to a back, back alley street fight, and instead of just getting down in the muck and the mud, we're going to try and dance around them somehow. Mm-mm. When somebody wants to fight, you got to stand there and trade punches with them sometimes, or at least show that you're willing to stand in there and trade punches. And that second and four play uh, just told me, mm, no, we're going to try to be a little cute sometimes today. I disagree, but not because of what the Steelers did. Okay. On offense. I disagree because of what San Francisco did in their first drive on offense. Because San Francisco's first drive, they brought a guy in jet motion, mm-hmm. and handed it off to Debo Samuel, he actually got positive yards out of it. I think he got six or seven yards off of that play. So it's not like it's some crazy idea to try the jet sweep and see where it goes. Because when you're doing it that early in the game, you're really doing it for one reason. You're trying to see, and, and I think I think it was Craig Wolf who explained this, and we'll get into the fact that I ended up having to rewatch the first quarter because I missed the entire first quarter of the game. I had to listen to him on the radio. But um, Craig Wolfley was talking about how, you know, when you do that, you're trying to see, A, if they're going to cut, if they're going to stretch all those gaps out, and B, right. you're trying to see what the communication is like. Well, the Steelers offense tried it against the 49ers defense and failed. The 49ers tried it against the Steelers offense and it succeeded for comparatively. So it told me two things. One, it was telling me that the Steelers were going to try to figure out, okay, how much room can we try to create for ourselves to run the ball between the tackles? And see, we have that going because San Francisco tried the exact same thing. Right. And it, it, but here's the difference between the two San Francisco had the chance to actually follow up on it later. The Steelers never did. They never got a chance to really follow up on that and see if it could turn into something else for them. So it looked a lot worse, even in hindsight, because even if they were trying to set themselves up for something later, that's something later, later never even came because they were down by a couple possessions by the end of the first quarter. It never even mattered. And I think it's a great point about, it, you know, feeling out the opposing defense, trying to get an idea for how they're going to read and react to what you're doing. And I can totally right. understand that. And in that case, I'll even walk back my point a little bit and say, okay, that's fine. You want to, you want they, to, they were trying to, jab. we were talking yeah. about, exactly. They were trying slip to do that. Couple, slip a couple jabs early. That's fine. But when you find out that the jab isn't going to be effective, okay? Right. Like the Najee Harris stretch play on first and uh, on first down, the next possession goes nowhere they lose two right and you start to get a read on the fact that the Niners are not go- they're not going to let you stretch things out they're not going to let you get horizontal that's when you and you said to- that was coming you yeah. said that and, was coming you and, said and they were take the runaway and that's when you say okay you're not going to let us stretch out you're going to put eight in the box we'll fight a little fire with fire then here okay mm-hmm. then that's when you bring your second tight end in that's when you go with your 12 personnel and they, we didn't see Darnell Washington on a, a significant amount of snaps in this game until Pat Fryermuth got dinged up. And when you, Darnell sure. Washington got in there, what did he do? Put put Nick Bosa on his back. You pancake like, Nick Bosa. Because I yeah. texted you about that. I'm like, yeah, I know you saw that. <laughs> yes. I was paying attention to it. I was drizzling some syrup on top of Nick Bosa oh, while yeah. he was down there. That was, that was Salt Bay time right there. So when you realize that you're not going to be able to run some of that zone, read, stretch stuff to the outside because – they're going to fill the gaps because they've got eight in the box and Kafonga's just crashing down all the time. And they Who's, see it every day in practice and they do it better than anybody on the offensive side. Right. No, it's coming. So you've got a couple of options there. If, if you really still want to try to run the ball, then you know what? You, you got a fullback on this roster. He's kind of a hybrid H back Connor Hayward, but mm-hmm. 
put him in there. You've got two tight ends that you really trust in Friar Muth and Washington. Washington blocks like a tackle. We've heard how many people talk about him as the sixth O lineman, right? Put right. him out there. Let him block. Let You know, there was very little. And again, I don't try to throw everything on Matt Canada's back because mm. not everything is his fault. But there, it seemed to me there was very little adaptability or adjustment uh, at, at for the for the little brief window of time that they had to adapt and adjust before they got down 17 nothing. They had a couple of possessions there where they could have gone, okay, they're not going to let us stretch the field right. horizontally. Let's see if we can punch them in the mouth and just push some things forward vertically that way. And they didn't try it. And before you know it, you're down 17 and the game plan kind of goes out the window anyway. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, I'm I'm with you, and I, if anybody's paid attention to what I've talked about in the last several years, I always talk about my hierarchy of blame as mm-hmm. far as, okay, if this happens, this is this person's fault. I'm not one of those people that's going to blame the offensive coordinator if a pass doesn't go well because someone either missed a block or someone just didn't catch it. That's not the offensive coordinator's fault. But to your point, if you know that the defense is not going to give you a lot of ground to try to run the ball a certain kind of way or try to go in a certain kind of direction – Sometimes it doesn't hurt you to take a cue of what the other team does because I don't think people who, who who don't pay attention to X's and O's regularly pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. The Steelers do a lot of things on offense, believe it or not, that San Francisco does on offense. Oh, yeah, very similar. The problem is San Francisco is just way better at it. Once again, 300 looks like a phantom until the phantom pulls up. Yes. And that's what we got going here. Now, at the same time, also imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Because this is something San Francisco did that the Steelers did not do. San Francisco would get into run-style personnel, and they would get some run looks. But you know what they would do? They would throw out of those run looks. Oh, I was hoping to see that, and I didn't even see that. Play action? (gasps) A wild thought. You see where I'm going with this? Now, granted, at some point, like, I mean – Play action after a while becomes moot if you can't. When you're down seventeen, yeah, yeah. But you bring up a good point, and even if it's just to the point where I'm with you, bring in Connor Hayward, give them a look where Connor Hayward's kind of in an H back position, and give us a throw concept out of it. Give us a throw out of a run look because San Francisco did that quite a few times in the first half, and it worked for them. Now, granted, you can go back to the argument where they had McCaffrey, Debo, Sammy, and George Kittle. They can do all that. That's true. But you also have guys that you brought into this organization specifically to perform certain roles in Mm -hmm. Matt Canada's offense. So you know the capability to do it is there. So if you brought all these people in there, if you're this fully functioning battle station like we thought you were after the preseason, use this opportunity to do things of that nature. Give us some passes out of run looks or give us some runs out of passing looks. Either way, just do something a little bit different that the defense might not see coming. Another thing I was hoping to see, because we saw this last season, after the bye week they came out against New Orleans, they gave us looks out of the pistol and ran Najee Harris out of the pistol. Mm-hmm. They weren't trying to go left or right. They weren't trying to go outside zone. They were trying to go inside zone. They were trying to go north to south. 
just to give Najee a head of steam and give this offensive line some space to get some push and get some holes. And they didn't do that either. I wanted to see that. It's almost as if, and I know they're not doing this because it's been so long since he's been here and the coaching staff has turned over to a great extent in many ways and it's completely different personnel. Damn it, it looks like they're still trying to block for Le'Veon Bell sometimes. Like It feels like it. Stop trying to stretch it to the sideline. You don't have a running back back there, whether it's Warren or Harris, who's going to pitter-patter, 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 then go. These are one cut, stick a foot in the ground and go kind of guys. That's why Warren's been successful, because he stays committed to that style. Najee has not had as much success, although I guess five yards a carry, even if it was only on six carries today, had a little (laughs) bit of success, and most of it came on one run. Yeah, 25 Um, came on one of them. So Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, he he has had less success because he looks like he's trying to run like Lev Bell. But that one run came out of the passing look. There you go. And and, and it was during that two-minute drill. So, hey. and, and when did they have a little bit of success? You know, we talk about Washington pancaking Bosa. When they, mm. when they did get a couple of tight ends out there together, yep. they had a little bit of success, too. That was something I was really hoping for going into this week. And That's all I wanted. What, all I wanted. Washington saw 24 snaps, and again, I think most of those came because Friar Muth was dinged up. So I'm not hopeful we see that going forward, unfortunately. Maybe it'll be different next Monday night against the Browns. But let's start to try and find a little bit of hope because it's not all bad news. It's one game. There's 16 more, right? In fact, if you go by the uh, the BetQL model, which played out like 10,000 simulations, thank you very much, Neil Huntington. He might be on staff there now. Um <laughs> They played out 10,000 simulations, and the game the Steelers had the smallest percentage chance to win on their schedule was this one. Just a 38% chance to win this game. Wait, wait, and, wait, 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 Chris. Hold on a second. You mean to tell me the game that the Steelers had the smallest chance of winning was against a team that played in the NFC Championship last right. season? It was, it was and the year before that. away from the Super Bowl? Yeah. But, but they were not. also there the year before that and the year yeah. before that, and they played the Super Bowl somewhere in that point. They have, like, all these dudes that are among the highest paid in their position. I know. It's a crazy concept. Perish the thought, Chris. Perish the thought. That was my mind blowing <laughs> up. Um, so they're still in a decent spot. They've got two divisional games and two mm. games they should absolutely win yes. before by. The two games they should absolutely win, and I'm not here for that tablet special thing. It, it's 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 Las Vegas, and the Raiders are bad, and they should uh, beat the Raiders. Um, uh-huh. That's week three on the road. Week four on the road at Houston. Okay. That's the, the one that scares me, though. The Texans didn't look as awful necessarily as we expected early on against the Ravens. But ultimately, in the end, they ended up looking like the Texans still. And that's a young quarterback. You should be able to confuse Stroud. You should be able to get in his kitchen. There's not a lot of weapons around him. So those should be wins. So let's just say you split the Browns and Ravens, okay? Right. You split the Browns and Ravens. You get to the bye three and two. I'm not ecstatic over the moon doing cartwheels about it, but I'll take it. Because you come out of the bye, and four of your next five are winnable. I mean, Rams. Uh, you do have to host the Jags, who I think are better this year than they were last year. You, but you host three in a row: Jags, Titans, Packers, and I think Titans. You got to win at least two. You got to win at least two of those, and then you go on the road to Cleveland. So again, you win three out of those five. Well, now we're we're six and four, and before you know it, 
we've got, okay, we've got two games left against the Bengals, but mm-hmm. we got the Cardinals at home. We got the Patriots at home on a Thursday night. We got a trip to Indy. You know, you can find your way to 10 wins at that point. If you can just get to through week 11, six and four, and that's eminently possible given this schedule, you're in a spot to make the playoffs as a sixth or seventh wild card with 10 wins in the AFC. So the season is not over despite how bad it looked today, I guess is my point. And and all of that is true. I'm going to take one particular point you made Mm -hmm. and add a little bit of a caveat onto it. We're talking about these two divisional games coming up. Yes, one of them is against Cleveland, but it is against Cleveland at home on a Monday night. Mm. And you just lost to San Francisco. You cannot afford to lose that game. Oh, no. And Cleveland's coming in with all the confidence of the world, having just smacked Cincinnati around. Yeah. You can't lose that game. No, you, you you lose the Monday night at home to Cleveland. You put yourself in a situation where you have to win your three remaining games before the bye or really start to get behind the eight ball. Because um, you already because, just lost the home game in week one. And losing on Monday nights, that's not really something the Steelers do that often in their franchise history. And losing Monday nights at home is even more rare. And losing a Monday night at home to Cleveland, that's like and you can't lose, cardinal it, sin territory. And, and just due to the hard math of things, you can't lose AFC games. Like I, I hate exactly. to pretend. I hate to pretend like losing thirty to seven to open the season is not a big deal. It is because of the it way is. it happened. But losing to an NFC team, to be honest, a, an NFC championship caliber team. Let's all take a step back. Let's take a deep breath. Okay, it was ugly, but it's out of the way now. Down to brass. You know what it is. You know, you know what it is in essence. And like in college football, it's that non-conference game. Against a team from maybe a much stronger conference that you normally don't play against, and you're probably not never going to see them again down the road. You might not even see them in the bowl game if you make it to one, and you knew you had to play up a little bit in your schedule, but you wanted to see just how good you are. You lost that game. You're like, okay, you know, we, we took the loss, but we got the rest of this conference here. We're ready to go. That's right. what that it's, feels like. It's it's Texas Tech losing to Oregon, although that game was exactly, a little you know, yeah, um, true. Uh, it, it, and and but you know, it, it was. It, it, it's not going to kill your hopes, your playoff hopes. Right. You start losing right. to the Browns at home in prime time, then yeah, to your point, that's one that looks really, really bad. And again, you, puts you in a spot where you got to win out going into the bye just to get to three and two. Or you lose to Houston, or you lose to Vegas, or two of those three, not even counting what happens to Baltimore. All of that starts to add up. And then you're in that bucket you were in last year after losing to the Jets after losing some of these 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 games against conference opponents that ended up like Miami, who were both ahead of you in the conference standings, and it, ultimately losing to both of those teams kept you out of a playoff spot. I will say this, Josh. If somehow things remain as bad as they were today through the next four weeks and they arrive at the bye week one and four, <sighs> this will be Mike Tomlin's first losing season. Like, I know he's spun some magic before and gotten them back to 500 in the past or back to just barely above that that mark. It's not happening. If, if they don't start at least two and three, more satisfactorily three and two, they're not getting to nine wins this year. They're not. Here's the frustration that I think – I'm one of those people that when I hear people complain about, oh, well, you know, well, if, you're, if you're okay with Mike Tobin never having a losing season, you just accept mediocrity. No, you're just finding a reason to complain. Those people I take and go, just shut up. 
But there are other people who probably put it in a much better perspective because it's not necessarily about the fact that, okay, another losing season, but you haven't gone anywhere, lost a playoff game. It's about how you're getting to those non-losing seasons. You can't keep going back to that well. This cannot be North Turner with the Chargers where they're you know below 500 halfway through the season and the second half of the season is save North's job. This cannot be that kind of scenario over and over again. You can't keep going to that well where you have to rally back to say, oh, great, look, see, we fought back and not have a losing season. You don't want right. to keep having that happen because sooner or later, something's going to go the wrong way. And maybe that valve won't be there to pull when the time comes. Or maybe it'll just snap right off and you're like, wait a minute, this didn't go the way we planned it. So you yeah. can't keep going back to that one. You bring up a good point. Um, it's uh, not the way we expected things to go week one. But again, not the end of the world. Bounce back. Find your footing against the division rival in a primetime game at home, like you pointed out, in week two. Mm -hmm. And there's a chance to get things set back onto the path that you hoped they would be after that really successful, really good-looking preseason. That'll do it for the post-game edition of Fourth Down in the Steel City. Josh and I, alongside Greg Finley, will be with you throughout the week. We'll get you prepped for Mike Tomlin's press conference on Tuesday. We'll react to it after the fact, keep you up to date on what's going on in practices. A bit of a longer week this week as we'll build up to a Monday night game against the Browns. But be, we will be here for you. So make sure you have subscribed inside iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, however you do it. Push the magic button that gets you notified and gets those podcasts to show up as soon as we are done with them so you can stay up to date. Of course, you know your Odyssey app is the best way to do that, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Go download it today if you haven't already. And, of course, YouTube as well. You can watch the show uh, because we know you guys, sometimes it's easiest to just pop that YouTube on, leave us over there in the corner, and while you're maybe doing some work, you're listening to us. It's called multitasking. I'm not good at it, but some people are. And so we appreciate however you digest this game with us and again we will be here with you throughout week two to get you ready for Steelers Browns a big Monday night game just one week away now we'll be here all week for it on fourth down in the Steel City 